Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm your host, Sammy Womack, a nationally recognized money expert, budgeting coach, and your very own hype squad. I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Just a reminder that everything discussed in today's episode will be linked in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at A Sunny Side Up Life. And if you're ready to take control of your money and need guided instructions, check out my free budgeting challenge by going to asunnysideuplife.com. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another great interview. Today, I am joined by Shay McMillan from Shay Budget. Shay is a wife, a full-time employee, business owner, social media influencer, where she shares about goal setting, organizing, and budgeting. In short, she is very determined to create a life that she absolutely loves. Her mission started when she was a little girl and followed her all the way through completing her master's degree. She currently works in the helping profession and she loves what she does. But she had this feeling that she wanted to share more and help more, which is where her social media influencer role came into play. She created her YouTube channel in 2017 and her other social media accounts followed where she shares elements of her life and her journey to financial freedom. Shay had so many great things to share with me and I cannot wait to share this interview with you guys. So let's jump right into it and welcome Shay to the podcast. All right, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I've followed you for a long time, so I'm very excited to get to chat with you a little bit today. But for anyone who is... Yes. So anyone who is new to your story or your brand, give us a little background on who you are and anything that you feel like sharing with us. Okay. I am Shay McMillan. And about five or so years ago, well, almost seven years ago, I got married. And I feel like that is when I was really encouraged to do better finances because my husband does not view spending lots of money as practical. He doesn't enjoy or to travel or just really spend a bunch of money for the reasons why I feel like it's a good idea to spend a bunch of money. So I always knew that, you know, when we got married, that I definitely would have to try to meet him where he is or meet him halfway instead of recklessly and carelessly spending all of my money. So I took two YouTube University and Google University. And I learned about everything that a person can learn about personal finances and just like different strategies that I was kind of looking for just different methods and strategies that I might use to better my finances. Or once we were married, of course, we had joint finances or we would have shared finances. And somehow in the mix, I went ahead and started my own YouTube channel. And that was shortly after we got married. And shortly after I even knew that YouTube could be used for anything other than people going on there trying to sing and dance and get discovered. And so now (laughs) in 2023, I am here still married, (laughs) still married. And um, our finances have drastically improved. Again, I didn't even know about basic stuff such as like investing and all of that. So that's kind of what I was, I was looking, you know, I was kind of trying to see what, what do people spend their money on outside restaurants and traveling? And so I learned 
you know, people were attacking their debt and investing and doing all sorts of fun savings challenges and all of that. So that's kind of that's kind of my story. I've always been into finances and just managing my money effectively. But I wanted to, like I said, take it up and notch. most importantly, not because I felt as though we I would be in uh, a pickle if I didn't improve my finances because my husband viewed finance viewed finances differently, but more so because like I said, I really just wanted to see what would be possible now that we would be a, a dual income, you know, household. And that's a huge change when you're going from one income to two income and all of that. So that's really what compelled me to want to take part in this journey. So that's why I'm here. I, I like that you shared that you're kind of maybe more of the spender mm-hmm. than he is, which I feel like when we see like, financial creator influencer people usually they're the savers because that's that's my experience personally is like i'm this huge budget nerd i'm this huge like let's stockpile it never spend never spend my husband's a complete opposite he's like all right you have to live your life like and we're like meeting in the middle like you said Um, so I love that perspective of, Hey, you can be like the spender and kind of the financial influencer budgeting nerd of the couple. My new philosophy as of late, as of the last few years is that if we invest slash save X amount of money, then the rest of it, we get to spend on whatever, you know, that's kind of like a a thing that we take part in nowadays. And so that's kind of where we are. And that's why even as a spender, which I'll be honest, I'm not a spender. Like I'm not buying things necessarily, but your girl enjoys going out, you know, like, and you know, I'm an extrovert. So I like going out on the town and hanging with people and we're having a party today, a house party. In fact, just lots of those types of things. That's where I want to spend my money. You know, if I can bring people together, I can meet up with people and just, I don't know, just go be extroverted (laughs) doing it on new um, experiences and stuff like that. I am happy to spend money, whereas my husband is different. But neither of us, I do want to make it clear, neither of us are folks buy shoes and clothes and jewelry and those types of things. We don't care what kind of cars we drive as long as they get us from A to B. We don't really care about that type of stuff, if that makes sense. But I spend my money on an experience with no problem while my husband might not think that doing so is a good use. But again, you have that, that baseline. If we, whatever it is, it can look different differently each month, but whatever that amount is, and we pay our bills, of course, right? (laughs) You know, we can enjoy the money. We don't have to save every single penny that we earn. That's my philosophy anyway. That's a, that's a hard concept for me though. But, <laughs> but yes, we're like, you know, my husband is like, all right, let's have fun. Let's buy the thing. Let's, you know, we're also not really like vanity kind of spenders. I don't really care what other mm-hmm. people think. I don't, I don't, I'm not really trying to impress other people. I'm trying to impress myself. Correct. I'm trying to like Correct. live our best life. So for us, that's like, uh-huh. we, we own a boat, like we spend an insane amount of money on the upkeep of the boat on going to the lake, like all that stuff. <laughs> it's a money uh-huh. pit, but it's like, it improves our, mm-hmm. our lives. Like it is the, one of the best mm-hmm. parts of our life. So, but I'm still, still every once in a while, like right now our, our boat is in the shop getting ready for our new boat season. And I am just like dreading that bill. Cause I know it's going to be at least $2,000 and I'm just like, oh. but then also I'll sit here and tell you, Oh, I love the boat. It's worth every dollar, but I still don't want to spend the money. <laughs> so, 
but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So there, there is hope for anyone who's like on one extreme or the other. Like you can, you can be in the middle somewhere. Yes. People talk about the scarcity mindset and the abundance mindset. And so I'm not all super into either one of them or whatever. You know, I don't really care about that, but I do, I can see like my husband does operate 100% from a scarcity mindset (laughs) and I do err on the side of abundance mindset. So literally we're just taking our goals and values because that's a value mm-hmm. um like shared wanting or having a boat well I, I want a boat too but although we don't really actively work towards getting one it's yeah. just like a fantasy thing yeah. but I, could, I can very well see how that could improve the quality of my life and everyone else's but it is like I said it's uh I feel like a lot of times it's not just as simple as a spender or a saver or whatever I feel like it does really come down to because me I feel like always say I'm here for a good time, not a long time, but truly I really just, uh, I guess I take, I try to live each day to the fullest. And so my husband's not that way. And so my spending habits are reflected are reflective of my YOLO lifestyle. Truly, So anyway, I think it's more than just spending habits. Sometimes it's really what your values and your goals are. I actually made a reel that was like, tell me where you spend your money and I'll tell you what you value or something. And then it's like all these pictures of like all these ways that I spend my money. And it's so true. And I've told, I tell my clients that and they're like, Oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. Is it a lot? I mean, there's no right Mm -hmm. or wrong, but does it match up? That's, that's all that matters. I I think that's where people get tripped up too, because there is no right or wrong because my value, like I said, I'm going to skip a date night if I can host a little day at my yeah. house or something, invite all of our friends and family members. That's the value of mine. Some people would don't care to, yeah. to um, or they're more selfish with their time or maybe they don't care to spend a lot of time with friends and family members. It's just rooted in what you value. So yeah, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Um, the posts that you shared and you know, some that. of the feedback that you got. Yeah. So uh, kind of along the same lines of you kind of sharing your daily life. I know you're a big proponent of like, don't just share the highlights. Don't just share the good moments, like the ups and the downs, which is one of the reasons why I enjoy following you. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about that and how like social media has kind of led us into this disingenuous highlight reel of sharing? What are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts. So my first thought is that <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with social media. On the one mm-hmm. hand, I think it's a beautiful way to connect with people. Like interests that I have, I would never know that anyone else has that interest right. or had that interest unless I found them on YouTube or Instagram or wherever. So I think it's beautiful. People can connect, um, not just based on bad things or trauma or negative experiences. Like I know a lot of people find the community those who are struggle with struggling with issues or infertility and stuff like that, they can find a community, but also just other types of communities that people right. can stumble upon. So it's a beautiful way. I've met friends through social media, you know, so I love that. But I do realize that it is social media continues to blow my mind when I think about the money aspect of it. Mm-hmm of it all the fact that people make so much money or make a lot of money or make the amount of money that they make that I make even using social media I think that's where people can find themselves getting in trouble because 
all of because of all of the money that one can acquire. I think that's what tends to make people use it in the way that they use it. Kind of, you know, when people uh-huh. say um, commenters are like, they'll, you know, they just posted this for views or whatever the case is. And I, and I fully can get that. I think yes. that because of the nature of the business, lots of people want a piece of the pie, rightfully so. But I think right. there's a fine line and you have to set severe boundaries regarding what, you know, some people exploit their children for money and all sorts of different types of things. So you have to be clear about if you're going to create content or even if you're going to consume it, that's a whole nother topic though. I feel like the consumer, because who wants to go on social media crying and complaining? All although I, I kind of get on there and complain about going to my full-time job every day, but yeah. <laughs> nobody really feels super compelled to that, but it's essentially necessary. You know, I cannot just pop on here. I think about it like, um, I'm really into marriage and all that, whatever. I don't really share a lot about it necessarily, but I think about it when, you know, let's say my husband and I were in the thick of a disagreement. This disagreement was lasting more than a few hours. I would never be on media talking about it, but I'm happy to talk about any strategy, any new right now. We're working on eliminating criticism from our marriage and like that not being a thing because it has held space in our relationship. So we're working on eliminating criticism. And so I talk openly about that. I'm not going to be like, you know, in the thick of an argument on social media, talking trash about my husband, but I'm happy to talk about what we're working behind the scenes or any, as far as that goes, um, that type of stuff. So I feel like I have lots of thoughts as a consumer and as a creator. It's just about boundaries and just setting them because a lot of people do make things look pretty and nice and wonderful on social media, but on purpose, (laughs) because that's, that's sometimes their job. Some people do social media full time. So a part of that might be doing a sponsored post or making something look prettier than what it normally does. Um, I think of it like my house, my house is pretty much always clean, whether or not I put on social media, which I rarely do, but that's just a personal preference of mine. However, it would be super clean if I was doing, if I were doing a sponsored post or something like that. But you know, it's just, it's just tricky. So I just think you have to be honest with the people who are following you. Mm -hmm. I always think that's the best policy because I think people should know who they are following, what some of their values are and what some of their goals are, you know, I think you, we have to be honest about that so people can know who they want to spend. Cause it's a big deal. I think it's a big yeah. deal for people to follow me and comment yeah. to me and respond to me and watch my videos and stuff. I think that's a huge deal. And so I just want to be authentic. Sometimes being authentic might mean showing something that's maybe a little prettier than what it typically would be, but also sharing that, that sharing the reason why, why it looks like this, you know, it's, this it's, is why I had this or the, yeah. It's a hard balance. It is so hard. It is. And it's not my first nature to share everything, which is I'm a very I'm a very introverted person. So it's not my first okay. nature to go and share everything. I have to remind myself, oh, you should really take a picture while you're doing this. You should have really made like a video mm. while you were doing this. I'm like, oh man. And that's not my first nature. It is so weird to me. But I think also like as a creator, you have to like, you pick, you pick your battles. Like you pick your, I'm not going to share every single, I'm not, well, for one, I'm not an expert in marriage. I'm not an expert in raising kids. I'm not an expert in like, 
I don't know, house stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, it's like you, you'll see it in the background because it's my real life. Like I do have a house. I have to keep clean and organized and decorated and whatever. I do have a husband. I do have mm-hmm. kids, it, but I'm not an expert at it. And so it's like a little bit. I want you like I want people following me to know that those things exist. But then it's like a little bit of I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to go and tell. OK, I was struggling with my, you know, my kid doing this and I had to. I don't know. So, but it's, it's a very, it's a very hard balance. And it's also like, I feel like it has to be a highlight reel because how are you supposed to share 24 solid hours of your life? There's no possible way you could. So you pick, you pick, you know, and you, and I try to share a little bit of the bad because I don't want to be that like toxic positivity person <laughs> either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard. It's so hard, but I do appreciate it is hard. people who are like, all right, uh, you know, I'm not telling, I'm not showing you all the really rough stuff, but like it does exist. It's there somewhere. You, you mentioned like your full-time job. So let's dig into that a little bit. So I know you have a master's okay. degree and you're also a financial mm-hmm. influencer. You do all this stuff. So tell us a little bit about how you juggle all of this and walk us through that journey. I have a master, a bachelor's and a master's in social work. And then I'm also certified in financial social work. So thus I am a financial social work. And obviously that translates quite well to my social media finance influencer career. And I'm able to use those skills that I learned or have learned with, with my career full-time job when I'm doing coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's when I can really dig into my toolbox and use some of the strategies and techniques. And, um, you know, I know the right way to ask questions to get people to, you know, I'm a counselor. Uh, I didn't mention that. I didn't mention that full time. I'm a counselor. And so I know a lot of the right ways to, to pull information out of people and to help them to process their feelings about different things. So I think it comes up in coaching when I do coaching one-on-one coaching or group coaching, though I haven't done as much of that lately, but I go to work full-time Monday through Friday. I complain about it every day <laughs> and I work roughly, I guess like seven 30 to three 30. I counsel children through the public school system. So I'll be honest, my schedule isn't horrible. You know, it's not like I'm at work all day, every day, and then I can come yeah. home and that's when I do a little creating. So I'm not a huge creator. People probably would be are surprised to learn that I actually don't create. I don't spend a lot of time making content. I kind of just stick to what I'm trying to do right now is two YouTube videos per week. And I'm trying, I'm dibbling and dabbling in reels. So I'm trying yeah. to post a weekly reel. Although I have to say, I'm kind of loving creating reels and short form content because right. it takes no time at all. Yes. <laughs> In comparison to a YouTube video that people are expecting to be, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. So that's kind of how I juggle it all. I actually yeah. do a really good job of trying to do all of my side hustle stuff. I call it Monday through Thursday and then leaving my weekends open and free from everything. So that's kind of that. my ideal setup. Like today's video, because I post on Saturdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Today, Wednesday's video and Saturday's videos were both recorded on Monday and edited. You know, I spent Tuesday evening or Wednesday evening or something editing those videos. So technically I don't have anything 
to do right now. And so I'll start back. I'll kick off, you know, I'll do the same thing next week. That's kind of what I, kind of what I do. And that balance is so important if you're going to be like juggling all these different things. And I think a lot of people would be surprised at how long the editing takes on YouTube. It's a lot. It, it can be a lot of work. And there's really not, it can be as long as you want it to be as far as editing goes. Like you could literally spend weeks on editing if you really wanted to like be really crazy with it or I don't know. That was one of my, that was one of my hardest things doing YouTube. I, I, I basically stopped doing YouTube. My channel's still up, but I stopped filming new YouTube videos kind of when reels really started taking off for that reason. Reels take me long enough. I mean, some people like there, you have no idea how long I just did a, a sponsored reel. It was my first one to get paid for. And it was so exciting. And if you put all the time together of like corresponding to emails, coming up with a concept idea, I changed clothes like six times in the video or so like five or six times. <laughs> Changed position, like all the lighting, all the editing, all the stuff. I probably spent five to seven hours. It it probably, maybe, yeah, probably at least seven hours on this one reel that was not even a minute long. I was going to say sponsored content. Well, I was, when I started dabbling in reels, I was surprised to learn how long it actually still takes me. I don't know what I thought. I thought that a 10 second video. Yeah. Or whatever might be, might not take that long, which I'm getting better at it. Yeah. But still, to even like YouTube, to condense the footage down, you know, because you have a lot of yeah raw footage and you still have to edit it and make it all fancy or whatever. And so that takes a while. But I've been like, it's been shocking to me how long it takes to uh, film, edit and upload or publish or send over sponsored mm. short form content like that's wild to me how long it takes to do sponsored con sponsored reels that are already supposed to be short but you have to yeah. put so much into it from the conception you know they send you like a list of don't say this do say this make sure to put these hashtags do all the things and then writing the caption itself takes an hour like it's, <laughs> it is so much and then i'm just like i do all that work and then you just throw it out to the algorithm and be like okay good luck. And there's like nothing you can do. <laughs> there's like nothing you can do. And you're very stressed. Cause you're like, I have to turn in these analytics. Like I, you know, I got to get paid. Like traditionally my sponsored content views wise does worse. Like by traditionally, yes. I mean, every, probably everyone, yeah. <laughs> which is tragic because it takes the most time to film and edit and upload and all that. And I'm getting paid for it, you know, based on on the analytics or whatever, but yeah, turning in those analytics, I'm always like, well, that sucks. But you know, I kind of yeah. think of it as um, like a, a commercial or a bulletin mm-hmm. board. There's no guarantee that, you know, every car driving by every eyes set of eyes riding yeah. by that bulletin board is going to see that, or, you know, like, you know, I'm talking about like bulletin yes. board ads or whatever, or yeah. commercials. There's no guarantee that just because I put all this, energy into this doesn't mean that people are going to come flocking to it in fact they might do the opposite so I don't know I just kind of reconcile with the fact that I put in the work 
And that's about all. That's all I have to give. Whatever it does, whatever numbers it does or doesn't do, that's just up to the Instagram gods or the YouTube. Gods. I know. I know. I have no control over it. I know. My my two recent most popular reels. One, I literally had my phone propped up and did like a time lapse while I was working. That was it. And that was like. 10,000 views. And this other one was like, just like repeating the words of like five seconds, 7,000 views. <laughs> you're just like, really? Wow. And then this other one you work really hard on, and you're like struggling to get like a thousand or two views. And you're like, really? Come on, guys. But yeah, yep, you just <laughs> never know. You just never know. So let's talk a little bit about your YouTube. So you're, you have a, some of your most popular YouTube videos that have like an insane amount of views, like 800,000 views. Talk to us about that. Is there real money to be made on YouTube? And to anyone that's like considering starting a YouTube channel, what advice would you give to them? Walk us through that. Yes, there is. YouTube is where it's at. It's my primary place of creating. It's where I prefer to be. I don't love short form content currently, although, like I said, I'm dabbling it in. Yeah. I have made a few hundred dollars from Instagram reels, yes. but otherwise any money that I've made, any real money has come from YouTube. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I am really excited about when I hit a hundred thousand subscribers mm -hmm. because I'll get a plaque. And to me, it will more so mean that I've actually stuck with something that wasn't just a walk in the park. And yes. I've stuck with it long enough and have grabbed the attention of enough subscribers to where I will get a hundred thousand K subscriber plaque. So I'm really eager for that, but I was just kind of reflecting on my journey thus far. And I don't know. I feel like all of social media is kind of a gamble because you can get on there and have high quality content and you can, you know, look nice and do all the things, but this does not guarantee you views or anyone's idea of success. You know, it's not a guarantee. And so I do think there's money to be made on YouTube. The Google AdSense program is great. That's when you get earned money for people watching the ads Video or in your video. And mm -hmm. so it's been quite profitable. I feel like I at least earn a four figure number each month. My highest, actually, I can share that candidly. My highest month was a couple years ago. And I earned just from Google AdSense almost $7,000. So it was kind of that's amazing, shocking. But it was actually right after my most video took off. So it kind of all the money kind of just came from that, that yeah. one video. So it was like a one-time thing. Um, but normally somewhere between 1,000 to 6,000, I guess is about average. Although post COVID things have not been looking too great. So I don't really know um, what to expect moving forward, but yeah. in the past so far, it's been a pretty profitable place. And of course, sponsored content is just as fluid. I feel like on YouTube, yeah. I'm just now doing some sponsored Instagram stuff. And so I do, I mean, it's kind of the same. So like, as an example, if you're doing sponsor work on YouTube and they want you to implement a one minute ad or mm -hmm. sponsor segment, then it's essentially the same as if you were to create a one minute segment on, in, you know, on Instagram or TikTok or something like that. So I have found that the amount of time it's about the same because I'm still editing like a minute of footage yeah. or whatever, if that makes sense. <laughs> so anyway, um, sponsored content, like I said, it's 
on YouTube, just as it is on Instagram. I don't really do Instagram and TikTok and all that too much when it comes to monetization. So I really can't compare, but I do love being on YouTube. Like I said, it's where I've been. It's where I enjoy being. I like long form content. I just love creating on YouTube and sharing on YouTube and not feeling like I do have to share like a 30 second clip to be relevant. I can be on YouTube and share like a 30 minute video or whatever. So I do love it over YouTube. And I guess if I had any practical steps to share, um, I would say the first one is pretty cliche and corny, I guess, but I would say to just start the fact of the matter is it truly, it does not matter how you start or come out the gate. There's still going to be some learning that has to take place. And as far as I'm concerned, if the first year of YouTube career nobody is watching your videos as much as you would have liked, then at least you're getting experience with doing something that's kind of unorthodox because creating content is a little strange. Um, you know, like filming videos. Yeah. That's just a weird thing to do. <laughs> you're just setting up as if you're in front of some large audience, but you know, it's just you and a camera and some studio lights or whatever. Yeah, so either way, <laughs> it is. But either way, you'll have practice you'll have gotten familiar with it, especially when it comes to editing, because it is no joke. It is hands down the longest part of all of this. You'll at least have gotten editing experience and filming experience, gotten comfortable in front of the camera. So like I said, you know, people are afraid that people might not watch their videos and all of that. And that's viable. And that's probably, I mean, people probably aren't, but but also just I feel like if I when I go back and look at my very beginning content, I'm kind of glad mm-hmm. that a lot of people saw it. That's what I'm saying. It's like you gotta you gotta get the awkwardness out. Like just do it. Just post yes. it. Just it, it's gonna be a little awkward. But also, like I've been running my business for about seven years now. And when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, she was so awkward. What were you doing? Why did you like, why were you doing that? But then also I am so proud of that past version of myself. Cause like she was brave. Like she hit publish and she was she was doing the thing, you know? And, and you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. But I also mm. the kind of the opposite at the same time. I did both. So I was like glad nobody was watching kind of because it was awkward. But also I mm. used to <laughs> I would kind of like do that fake it till you make it kind of thing. And I would tell myself, you bring the energy like you're talking to 10,000 people. 10,000 was always my number. I don't know why that sounds like a, that's like, OK, uh-huh. and I would just like bring the energy like you're talking to 10,000 people. And that's what I would do. And I would just fake it. And I would just mm-hmm. be like, yes, like you are 10,000 people are going to watch this. You're killing it. Keep going. <laughs> and like, you know, 80 people would watch it. And I'd be like, yes, 80 people. <laughs> you got to keep you just got to like you said just start. It is really cliche, but I've had several of my clients be like, I've thought about, you know, starting a YouTube channel about this or starting an Instagram page about this. I'm like, okay, cool. Post it. Well, I don't know. Post it, post it Mm -hmm. and then post it. (laughs) Like you got to start. You got to start somewhere. People always talking about, they talk about do it scared. I don't know if you've ever heard that quote or whatever. Truly though. Because we're not all going to dive into something having all the confidence in the world and, you know, feeling like we're going to kill it and people are going to love it. I mean, 
interview, job interviews, driving, doing new skydiving, new things, whatever, whatever it is, we might not be that good at it. And that's just, I feel like when we can just reconcile with that and realize that it takes a lot, it eliminates a lot of the nervousness and a lot of the fear and all of that, because it, that might be the case, but that's okay. It's okay that if your first video sucks, mine does, if I could delete every video before three years ago, I probably would because (laughs) I feel like I'm a new version of myself every three years. So therefore anything before three years ago is an embarrassing version of me, but still I had to do it scared. But she was doing it. She was brave. Like I, my early days were my very, my very early days were Periscope. Do you remember Periscope? It was like, Oh my God, I never got on there. It was before Instagram or Facebook have lives. So that, you know, because they love to steal ideas from, you know, other platforms. So they stole Periscope, basically. <laughs> and they made, they made Facebook have lives. Um, but I did Periscope for like maybe a year when I very first got started. Because that was the thing to do. And the other day I was like, I wonder, you know, surely my page is still up. I never took it down. So I went and I found it and I watched some of those videos and I was like, oh, girl, what? Cringy. You- oh, man. <laughs> they cringy. And, but it was like, you know, my five or six ladies who would get on there like every day and watch my videos. And I was like, man, thank you to them because they gave me so much confidence because they were like, oh, you're doing great. Like, mm-hmm. And I just kept going and I was like, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that she kept going because we got where we are now, but it's a little cringy yet. Um, I like when you said earlier about, oh, how you're not naturally a person who shares a lot of different stuff. And I feel like every day, I feel like I'm that same way. Like I'm shocked that I'm a content creator because I'm like, how did I get here? If it were not for social media and the business quote unquote side of it. Uh-huh. Probably like I don't have a Facebook on well, I deactivated my personal Facebook. I don't use personal Twitter. I probably wouldn't even be on social media because I'm not naturally a person who's into it. So it's kind of shocking that, that I'm still that I'm still here. But we were talking about about boundaries yeah. um, before and all of that. And I feel like um sometimes I'm kind of shocked by my sharing on social media just in general. I'm just like, I cannot believe I just spend my days creating content and just sharing it and putting it out to the world. It's a little freakish, but again, I have some strong boundaries and as long as I'm not sharing anything that I, my boundary is I don't like sharing other people Mm -hmm. on my content, Mm -hmm. meaning that if my husband's around and he's around, but it's not like this huge thing that I need him to be anywhere, you know, right. or if I have, when I have children in the future, they don't need to be, I mean, if they're there, they're there. I'm not, right. if I'm in the house and they're here, they're here, but I'm not going to go out my way. I'm saying with friends and other family members, mm-hmm. I'm not, when I'm out with them, like, Hey, you know, this is for yes. my smile or whatever. Yes. So that's kind of my hard and fast boundary. And so if I stick to that, then everything else that I share, because I, honestly, I'm an open book anyway. You can right. ask me anything. That's about, I would probably tell you more in, in person than I would tell you in social yes. social media. Honestly, Correct. like, like Correct. My, my boundary is like, okay, if we were having if we were having a party or I was out to dinner with a group of people, would I share at, at a, in a group of people? in person, what I'm talking about, would I be embarrassed to talk about it face to face? That's my boundary. 
I'm like, if they brought it up and it's just, it, it's kind of awkward. Cause it like, it'll be like a friend of a friend, you know, you'll be at like a gathering, you'll be like a friend of a friend. They'll be like, Hey, Sammy, I saw that reel where you said this. And I was like, Oh God, they watch my reels. That's so awkward. But then I'm like, Oh yeah. I try to just like, okay. I don't, t- I try not to tell no one. <laughs> I try to tell no one. In fact, when I bring it up, I try to chase it. It's so awkward. It's so awkward. My boundary too is if anybody were to just stumble upon the channel, whatever I'm talking about on the channel, would I be, would it be like cringy for me to know that they saw me or heard me behaving or saying the things, you know, like, would it be kind of, if it would be kind of, I probably don't talk about it or film it or whatever, (laughs) but that's kind of like my boundary. I mean, that's why I'm like, if if they were to like, that's why I don't share, like, I'm not going to dance in a reel. Y'all don't want to see me dance. Like, it's not, you know, you're not going to see like these, like, I'm not trying to do that kind of stuff. That's not me. And I wouldn't do that in front of a group of people. So, but it is kind of in the early days though, I never thought that my page would get to where it is. I never thought that anybody would care. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so me mm-hmm. just being a naive fool, I shared, you know, sometimes I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have shared my real name, maybe, or like my last name, maybe I, if I wouldn't have shared my last name, or maybe if I would have kept my kids like more private from the beginning, or I don't know, you know, I, I think, but some of it's like, you can't really go back now. It's like, everybody knows right. my kids' names, everybody knows my real last name, like all this right. stuff. My well, you gotta roll with it now. This is what you this is what he chose to do. <laughs> and we especially know the oldest daughter, I think, who looks exactly like you. Is that oh your oldest gosh. daughter? Yes. She's, she is like my twin. She, she is my twin. Oh my gosh. Except she is a million times more confident than I ever thought about being. Like she mm-hmm. knows who she is. That's oh, a whole that's a whole thing. Yes. Yes. Well, she'll go far in life. <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. Yes. She knows who she is, even at twelve years old. When most of us were like our most awkward at twelve years old. Yeah. She's yeah. like I work with middle schoolers and stuff. So yeah, they're a little. They so they're 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 them. So if she's <laughs> super confident right now, then I have high hopes for her future. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I love I I love her confidence. I just if I could bottle it up, it would be amazing. <laughs> It would be amazing. Yeah. So there was something else that you that you mentioned that I want to make sure that we talk about was kind of that more than one stream of income. We kind of dabbled on that a little bit. But I think that a lot of us learned, especially going through the pandemic and right now, even still, you know, massive layoffs are still happening. It's really scary to only have one stream of income. So how important do you Mm -hmm. think it is to have more than one stream of income? What do you suggest to people that are maybe trying to pick up a second stream of income? I'm a person, I've always had a side hustle. So before YouTube, I always had some kind of like part-time job, side hustle type of situation. So I've always found it to be useful. And even back in the day, I would just save my side hustle money or I would use it for trips and just like, you know, funding my other things that I want in life because I wasn't my salary for my full-time job wasn't high and inflation and all of that right now. I do think it's important. Um, I know that lots of people are kind of tied up and are, they're curious about different side hustles and ways to increase their income, but they're not really sure to go about it. Some people 
feel like they have the time or the other energy, the resources or whatever to go about it. But I've always been a huge proponent for having multiple streams of income or it's just like a certain level of security that comes from mm-hmm. it. Again, I realize not everyone can just go easily pick up hustle or yeah. whatever, but um, I guess you could say we've had three sources of income or three salaries, if you will, mm-hmm. for the duration of our marriage, essentially. And it's just um, liberating, I guess, or freeing or comforting to know that there's another source yeah. of income can rely on. So I think it's extremely, extremely important, especially if you're not a high earner. <laughs> if you're a high earner, you probably don't need to spend your time right. trying to figure out a side <laughs> hustle or get another job. But if your income that you have isn't really what you would like for it to be, it's not really the trick, then, you know, obviously you can ask for a raise or job hop, which I'm, I'm here for that. I'm, I'm here. I'm like a, a true millennial. I'm yeah. here for hopping around. Yeah. <laughs> job to job <laughs> if needed. But, um, so yeah, I feel like it's super important to have. I love that. Multiple sources of income. I love that. So with yours, with your, I know you've worked hard for your degree and your career and all of that kind of stuff, but you're also working hard for this influencer kind of income. Do you mm-hmm. have plans to like make that your full time? Do you plan to keep doing both? Where do you see the future taking you? I plan to keep doing both until I can't anymore. Like until I'm fed up with YouTube or it's not worth my doing it because maybe I'm not getting money that I once used to and I could do something else or whatever. So I plan to keep it as a side hustle for literally ever. (laughs) I mean, and you never know. I'm always like a never say never kind of person. Like, we'll just have to see. Let's just see how it goes, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, like, I mean, you just never know. (laughs) I do always say when I become a parent, if I wanted to stay with our kid or kids Mm -hmm. or whatever for a couple of years, then it would be an easy thing to just transition to living off of YouTube money and uh, well, it wouldn't be easy losing my income and my full-time job. Let's be clear. But like, at least it's already something that's here and it's a viable option, I guess is what one might say. So I wouldn't see me doing it full-time long-term, but definitely if I needed to kind of use it in that way, then I definitely see it being something that I would do. I always say that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like a speaking from my personal experience, it's a blessing to kind of have that extra income and be able to like stay home with the kids. And I mean, I've always homeschooled. My oldest is 12, like I said. So like I was going to, I was going to stay home one way or the other. And I kind of seven years ago or so when I started my business, it was really out of boredom. (laughs) Any day home parent will tell you, you can only talk to toddlers for so long. Especially when you're kind of a <laughs> entrepreneur driven minded person. I was like, all right, I'm bored. And so mm-hmm. my business was kind of created out of boredom. And now it just happens to make us some money. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of great. So I get to kind mm-hmm. of do both. And mm-hmm. I I love it. So it's been kind of a, a blessing. And yeah, but kind of to f- switch gears, kind of the opposite of that. I always like to ask all of my guests to kind of encourage people to break free from like a hustle culture. So as we're talking about like side hustles and all the things, the opposite, break free of the hustle culture. What is something that you love to do? It doesn't bring you a profit. It's not to specifically to share on social media. What do you do just 
for the sake of it bringing you joy? My current hobbies, I guess you could say, are, well, I love keeping up my home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's my favorite thing. Some people cringe, but I like it. I like reading. I'm into that. Um, and I really just, just like hanging out TV and movies and stuff with my husband and just kind of yeah. like that and spending time with friends and family members. That's kind of yeah. like my way of spending my downtime. I, love um, I think about too, when I think about, um, we were talking earlier at a thought that I'm revisiting, but we were talking earlier about, um, I think like our priorities and values and goals yes. and all of yeah. that. And I'm down for delegating tasks and outsourcing, but what I won't do is outsource the upkeep of my home. I don't know why, but I very much feel like if you ask me of all the things that I would pay someone to do, cleaning my house isn't one of them. I would actually want to do that as opposed. So when I'm, I'm mentioning this, because it's, I guess one might say a literal hobby of mine, yeah. Yeah. it would be something I would want to do. I'd outsource everything else, cooking, all of that, oh, I love that. Um, lots of other things, but I like like cleaning and organizing my space and making it because I don't know, it's a reflection of my brain. I feel. Yeah. And so I feel like only I can make it comforting to me. So anyway, yeah, housekeeping I, is a hobby. And I like like finding the joy in those little things. And it just and that pride that you feel from from doing all that. And I learned the importance of that. We kind of went down like a minimalism journey at the like before we really even started our debt free journey. And as soon as I started like decluttering and like really organizing and putting thought into like, do I really need this? Is this in a spot that is most useful to me? All that kind of stuff. It just puts like a whole different sense of pride and discontentment and like all like all that stuff into it. And so I definitely can appreciate that as well. That's awesome. All right. So tell us where everyone can find you, what resources you offer, what you have upcoming with the business. Tell us all the things. Okay. So you can find me on YouTube at Shay. Shay Budgets and Instagram at Shay Budgets. And I kind of downloaded it. <laughs> I'm trying to like figure it out, but it's not giving what I would like for it to give. But I am at Shay Budgets on TikTok. Um, and currently I do offer one-on-one coaching, a group coaching. I offer or do attend workshops, small group workshops, large group workshops. So speaking engagements. and. I'm just kind of, you can find me mainly on YouTube, honestly, just sharing my life as a person who is trying to continue to improve my relationship with money while also balancing life because that's a part of of life. Uh, Making money is only one of the big picture. So you kind of have to do other things. You know, my whole life doesn't revolve around managing money. There are other things that I do. So that's where you can find me. The future of the business. I actually want to potentially one day, well, I've kind of been working on, but not working on a, like an interactive course. Yeah. I don't know when that's coming, but that's something that I've been dreaming about and kind of working on, not working on (laughs) uh, the past two or three years. So that's probably what would be next. I don't really have any other major plans. Um, I am trying to dabble in short form content and see how that 
see what's going on 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 Instagram Reels or with Instagram Reels and with TikTok. But uh, you can pretty much find me on YouTube at Shea Budges because that's yeah. where I enjoy being. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to share everything that you shared with us. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a review. Five-star reviews are what help the podcast grow. Don't forget to check out the episode show notes for links to everything that we talked about today, as well as tons of free resources to help you on your financial independence journey, like my monthly newsletter, budgeting challenges, fun downloads, and more. Head over to asunnysideuplife.com to get started. And if you want to keep up with me in the day-to-day, don't forget to follow me on social media at a sunny side up life. Well, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.